the first sicha. The beginning of this week's parsha tells us of the two dreams of Yosef, and the idea behind the dreams were that eventually Yosef's brothers will come to bow him, and Yosef will be the king. So the first dream is Yosef and all of his brothers are bundling sheaves of wheat of grain, and then after all of them are bound. They circle the sheave of Yosef and they bow down to it. So the, the pasuk says, uh, "We were binding sheaves within the field." So Pirush Rashi Ma'almim Alumim says, Amrim." So Rashi explains what those words means, and he says it means that we were binding bundles, Amorim, which means sheaves, because sheaves are. A grain which is tied up into a bundle. And Rashi brings two proofs. One from Tehillim, from the Sharamalas that we say before Benchiv, when we were carrying our um, sheaves. Similarly, in the Lashon, the expression of the Mishnah, that it, in the Gemara Bamba tells us about where it's talking about lost objects. And one of the items which were lost were sheaves. So the Gemara tells us that since they're very heavy, and uh, even if they're found inside the Rosh Hashanah, you have to take them and announce it, because since it's heavy, the mockim, the place where you found that could be the simen, because you cannot return an object to, uh, to any person that comes to you and says he, that he lost the item. The individual will have to give you some type of simen, so you can give a simen of characteristics, to characteristics, characteristics of the item. Uh, but one of the things that you're able to do is tell you where the item was found. So if it's a small object, then the mockim, the place where you find it, is not a good proof because it could have been kicked there, it could have moved there. But when it's a large item, then we know that the owner uh, will know where it is because it's large, it's not going to be able to be kicked around. So the Mar tells us that the alumais, these, these, these sheaves, these large bundles, you take them and you announce it because there is a simon that the owner could come and uh, notify you that it belongs to him. Vihine. But Pashtas nearest Kvanase Shorashi. Rashi is that these words are not words that the Talmud has learned yet. Therefore, Rashi brings the translation from the Targum that it means tying bundles. And then Rashi explains what were these bundles. The bundles were sheaves. Uh, meaning is that the words in the Pasuk means tying bundles of grain. And what are those? That is what in Hebrew would be called Amarin, which means um, sheaves. But Sarach Lahav. Darka Shorashi Bereva Makay Mechlichtev Rak Hitargumai, Bli Lahatik Loshan Hitargum. He says, the derech of Rashi in most places, when he wants to translate a word, uh, which is a difficult word and not seen yet in Tarach, he will just write, without actually writing the expression or the words of Targum. And he relies on the reader to look into the Targum and see how he translates it. So why does Rashi over here feel the need to bring the Lashon of the Targum? He should just say, Base. He says, in this Rashi, he's really doing two things. First of all, he's, he's explaining the phrase, and the second thing he's doing is that he's telling you the alumim, what are these bundles? These are amarim um, of, of, of grain, sheaves of grain. So it should have really been in two different, different maskal, because the derech of Rashi is as the Rebbe, brings some examples in R5, is that when Rashi is coming to explain to you two, two ideas, one is a phrase and the other is a specific word, he'll do it in two different maskals. The, the, the example the Rebbe brings in R, hey is, uh, number, uh, R5 is from the beginning of the Torah where it says, So the first Rashi explains what does it mean that the, our, the world was Torah. first explains the expression. It says the world was Torah, meaning is it's an expression of wonderment. And the idea is that whoever sees this is wondered and, and, and is confused regarding the bayu shabai. And then in the next day of Ramasal, Rashi says, what is tayu? And he gives some French word. And then he says, what is bayu? Bayu is the idea of emptiness uh, and lacking. 
So what do we see? Is that first he explains what the phrase will mean, and then in the next Abramas, he explains what the Tayur means and the word Bayu means specifically. So why over here does he do both in the same Dever Maschal? Uh, and there says this is many examples that Rashi will explain a phrase, and he'll also explain what the different words in the phrase will mean in different Dever Maschals. And Gimel, Kimedumer Kamapamim, maybe Rashi Bez Rais, Bamakan Shrai Achas, Levad Inimaspekas. He says the Derech of Rashi is to bring two proofs only when one proof is not enough. He doesn't just bring every single proof uh, that we have in the Torah. He only brings as many as needed to prove his point. So over here that he brings Benini Didan, Lechayr Dai Harai Malkasav, Noyisei Elu Moisav. Befrach, Shirai Habez, Eni Malashan HaTanach, Ela Malashan HaMishnah. But Lechayr over here, all you need is one proof from the Pasuk. In Tehillim, Noyisei Elu Moisav. Especially since the Second Rai is not from the Lashon of Tanakh, it's rather from the Lashon of the Mishnah. So it's not even, it's a good proof because it's a Lashon of Mishnah. But on the other hand, we, we always know Lashon Chacham and Luchud, Lashon Torah Luchud, Lashon Chacham and Luchud, meaning is, it's a different Hebrew. There's, there's Biblical Hebrew and there's also, also Mishnaic Hebrew. So of course you could bring it as a proof, but it's not as strong as a proof when you're able to show that the Psukim themselves in Tanakh um, mean a, a particular uh, translation. So why does, over here, does Rashi need to bring two, especially when the second one is from a Lashon of the Mishnah? I just want to take a moment to explain why Rashi uses the word Lashon of Mishnah. He doesn't just say the Mishnah. So the Rebbe actually explains this in R3, because it's, Rashi's not quoting a Mishnah. He's actually quoting a Brisa. The words Lashon of Mishnah means, it means the language of the Mishnah, because historically there were many different types of Hebrew, and is. You know, there's the Hebrew that they used in Tanakh, there's the Hebrew that they used in Mishnayis, there's Hebrew that was used later on by the Rishonim and the Acharinim. Uh, of course, they're the same language, but of course, there's many differences uh, in the language, especially in the grammar and, and di- what different words would mean. So when it says Loshen HaMishnah, it's because it's not actually a Mishnah, but it's the language of the Mishnah, because the Brises were written at the same time as the Mishnayis, and therefore, it uh, would be the same language as the Mishnah. And We'll see later on why that's relevant in Rashi to tell us that it's specifically this type of language that we'll, the Rebbe will discuss. But Dalit, in the proof that Rashi quotes, he says, Why does he have to add the word Nisa, carrying uh, the sheaves? He should have just put the word Alumaisav. And the Rebbe points out, maybe it's in R6, that maybe it's because Rashi's trying to tell you where this word is. If you just put the word alumaisav, you wouldn't know where in Tanakh it is. He says, I bezoi, the derech of Rashi in such situations to give you the source. It should have said, Bitehilim alumaisav, and then we'd know what the source is, and we'd see that from the context uh, of the parsha over there, alumaisav, of course, would mean sheaves. So why does he have to use the word nice alumaisav? And Dalit Baraima Kosav Matik Rashi Gamat sorry, hey, Alderza Baraima Mishnah, Matigama Tevas Valumais Noitilomachris. The Lachaira Havale Havale Lame Marak Vahalumais Babama Mitsia, the Divirashi Hamid Yokim Hemachas Vyatar. He says also by the proof in the Mishnah, he quotes the extra words Noitilomachris. He takes them up and he announces them. Lachaira should have just brought the word Valumais. Babama Mitsia. And um, we know that that's what the Gemara is talking about. Why does he have to bring those words, Neitelomachris? So obviously the reason why is because those words are helping explain what the word on Lumoisav means. And just telling you the source wouldn't be enough. He actually also needs to bring those words because uh, he's not. It, we're going to see it. It's not just to prove the translation. It's to um, give a greater context as we all see in ice base. Base, Vabir Bezeh. Kvanase Shorashi. He says the Kavan of Rashi is not only to explain Ma'almim Alumim, that it means tying bundles. Meaning is, that might be one of the things that Rashi is doing, but that's not his main purpose. What's the main purpose that Rashi is really trying to explain over here is he wants to show that Alumim is referring to sheaves. Abhabir. He says the purpose of Yosef's dream is similar 
to what was said by Pari. That when Yosef was explaining Pari's dreams, he says what Hashem is doing, he's telling, meaning he's telling you the future and a true prophecy that you will know what the future will be. And of course, you'd be able to prepare for that future. So similarly, by the brothers, the purpose of the dream was telling the brothers of, of the brothers bowing down, um, just like the sheaves bow down to Yosef's sheaves. Shulachain she Yosef siper chaleimet take of Amr leachiv hamalach tim lechaleinu gumar. And the proof of that is because right after Yosef said the dreams, the brothers replied, "You want to rule over us?" Meaning, as of clearly, the interpretation of Yosef's dreams was that Yosef is going to be the ruler. So that's why he had this dream to tell us this future. This future prophecy. And therefore, also his father was waiting for this dream to uh, and this prophecy to actualize. So, from this, it's understood that the details in the dream are are perfect, and they are expressing the different details um, of the event. The events that will happen in the future, which the dream is telling us about. So when we look at the details of the dream, we'll be able to understand better what the future will tell us, what the, what the future will hold. Therefore, what Rashi's trying to do is, he's trying to show how the details of the dream are going to fit to the eventual interpretation of this dream. Therefore, Rashi has to tell you that what does a lumi mean? It, just, it doesn't just mean bundles of anything. It's specifically bundles of sheaves. Because it's very, very important. Because that is mechuven to the ultimate uh, prophecy and future state. As can tell us in Parshas Mikates that um, that the the kiem of the the dream happened through this that there was a famine in the land of Canaan and the brothers of Yosef went down to Mitzrayim to buy. Uh, food. Since Yosef was the ruler and he was the one supplying the food, the Amarim, the sheaves from Mitzrayim, therefore the brothers bowed down to him and they acquired Tfua from him. Therefore, it's very fitting the, the dream that, what, that the brothers bowing down to Yosef was hinted specifically through the idea of sheaves. So when we know the future, what the prophecy is going to be, that they're going to go down to Mitzrayim because of these bundles of these sheaves, these bundles of grain. So therefore, it fits the dream that Yosef's sheaves stood up and then the brothers came and bowed down to him because they needed that food. So therefore, Rashi, um, it's important for Rashi to tell us that what what was it bundling? It wasn't just bundling anything, but rather it had to be something specific, because what it was bundling was also relevant um, to the prophecy. And the law, look at R fifteen. He says this also fits with the hemshach of the pasuk that says they were binding bundles within the field. This fits also with the Pasuk, this interpretation, because what, what, what do people usually tie and make bundles of within a field? They usually make bundles of the grain and they make sheaves out of them. Okay. So, Now we can understand why if Rashi first uh, brings a translation of the words ma'almin ma'lum like the targum, and then he actually quotes the targum. He says, ma'almin alum and targum and targum yushalmi makrachin krichin. He says, the targum yushalmi, it translates the words as mekarchin krichin. What do those words mean? Shuzad Sahibil Bez Perushim Kashir Alephis means kashira or Bez Kericha. Those words actually can mean two things. You can, t- you can translate it as tying a bundle, or it can mean combining into a combination, meaning is you're putting two things together. Because that's what we see the word krichin can mean in different places. Um, and the Rebbe gives the sources of it, but the word krichin, then it means a combination, of course, is from the, from the Haggadah Shal Pesach, 
where it says Hillel, look at R18, but that they Hillel would uh, wrap the matzah and the marah and the Pesach and combine them all together. So the word kricha we mean combining. So when the Targum Yishalmi uses the word makarchen krichen, it could actually mean two things. So when Rashi translates um, uh, he, want, he would want to translate the word kuichin, that he would say the tagrim yushalmi, when it says kuichin means specifically the first translation, which means knotting or tying into bundles. Because it's not so shaykh, the idea of, of combining shvalim, you don't just put them all together, but of course the derech always was to tie them together. Because if you just put them together, the wind would just come and blow them away. That's why, of course, the farmers would tie them together so they wouldn't be able to move. So as we said, Rashi's main purpose over here is is not only just to translate those words, but to prove that we're talking about um, sheaves of grain. Therefore, Rashi quotes the Lashon Targum, because if you only would say Kataruguma, you wouldn't know, is he referring to Makrach and Krichen, which could mean two different things, or does it mean, uh, which could mean two translations. Therefore, he wants to bring the Lashon of Targum Unkulis and not the Lashon of Targum Mishal, because Unkulis could only mean one thing. Asrin Asrin could only mean one thing, which means tying bundles. Masha Enkin the Yushalmi, which could mean two things. So since Rashi's main purpose over here is not to tra- bring Yushalmi, a Targum Yushalmi, and to explain what the Targum Yushalmi means, rather, of course, the main purpose of Rashi is to explain our Pasik and to prove that our Pasik is talking about sheaves. Therefore, he says, and he brings the Lashon of Unkulis, so we know clearly that our Pasik is talking about tying the sheaves together um, and that would prove of course that we're talking about grain and not just stam tying things and without any uh, details of what it was so this was to stress that the pshat over here is tying bundles of amar. He says, but if you would have brought the Yishami, then you can make a mistake and think that the words means Kurichin. And what does Kurichin mean? Maybe the student will think that it means combining and not nodding. And then if you think the Pshad of the Pasik is that Yosef and his brothers were combining and putting something together, then it will be very hard to say that the Pasuk is talking about sheaves. Because sheaves, as we said, uh, you, don't, you don't combine them, you tie them. So when you would look at the Pasuk, you wouldn't know actually what it's referring to. All you know is that the brothers were combining something together and then whatever they combined stood up and bowed down to Yosef's and Yosef's was in the middle. But you wouldn't actually know what that item was. And as we said before, it's very important for us to know what that item is, because that item is, a, is an important detail in the dream, that it was grain, because it was specifically because of grain that they eventually came to um, Yosef. And as the Ramban explains, that the reason why they circled Yosef is because that was like the derech of the rulers, that the ruler would be like in the middle, in the center, and all of his followers, in a sense, surround him. Specifically, it's very important that we know that Lumi means sheaves, because only then is this detail in the dream a fit to the future events. Therefore, Rashi is medayik, and he's mocked him, and he first explains words, words and he says it's like tagram unkulis, and he brings those words ma'asrin asrin. But since what is being machriach Rashi to explain, like the tagram unkulis specifically, that alumim. It means tying, uh, and it's referring to sheaves. Uh, sorry, this is why Rashi needs to explain it specifically, the Tahargam Unkulis, that Ma'al Memalum means tying. It's only because we're talking about sheaves. Therefore, Rashi needs to 
put both of these ideas in one pasik because it's not two separate ideas. The only way to understand what this phrase means is really only by understanding also what the words mean. Because if you only only brought the words of Almim Imim and saying that it means tying, uh, tying bundles and you didn't say what it was, then you can have a Shiloh. Why does Rashi want a specific, what's the proof that, that, that we're talking about specifically tying uh, bundles? Maybe it's not tying bundles. Maybe it's just combining something together, combining different items together. But when Rashi says that we're talking about a Marin, then we know that, of course, the Ma'almim Alumim also must be referring to tying specifically bundles. So that ex- the, uh, by adding the words amarim, that also explains why Rashi has to translate ma'almim alumim as tying something uh, together, and therefore Rashi, of course, puts both of these things, both of these concepts, as one because it's not really two things at this point. It's actually the only way to explain the phrase is also only by knowing that we're referring to amarim, and of course also. Um, as, as we mentioned earlier, the main point of Rashi is to prove that it's also a marm. So by translating those words specifically as tying something together, then we know we're also talking about a marm. And the reason why that's important that we're talking about a marm is because that's what's relevant to the dream. He says from the translation of Targum that they were tying knots or tying bundles, it's understood that the word alumim is similar to the word ma'almim, which means tying. That's also how it is, but Pashtas even Lashon HaKadosh, that ma'almim and alumim are both from the same shayrish. So ma'almim is the action, tying, alumim, into knots. So, so that is, would be the noun. You're tying something which will eventually turn into alumim, which will become these knots or become these uh, bundles. So, so according to this, the simple interpretation of the words is tying knots or tying bundles without really specifying what it is. And even though we said that saying that we're talking about sheaves will make the dream uh, specific with all of its details and the dream will fit with the ultimate prophecy. And as we also explained earlier, the whole reason why Yosef is having these dreams is because Hashem is telling them what the future holds. So just by saying that they are making knots or making bundles and not saying what it was, um, you won't, it doesn't tell you so much about the future. The only thing, if you know, let's say that for example, they're tying metal rods. So, we the only thing we really get out from this uh dream would be that in the future, at some future date, uh, the brothers will bow down to Yosef, but it doesn't tell you how or why or how that came about, and therefore, tying knots to make a bundle of metal rods. Is, is, not, is, is an extra detail which is not relevant if, if that's what it meant. Meaning is by saying tying a, a, a bundle of, of metal rods, it's not mechuven at all to what eventually happened. But by saying that they tied a bundle of sheaves, of grain, then it's very mechuven because it was dafka through the sheaves and the grain that you, the brothers eventually came to Yosef. But he says, if you actually look at the words of the Pasuk, but that's actually not hinted to in the words alumim. So in the Pasuk, it's just that they were tying something. And Rashi wants to say, okay, so let's tell you what they were tying. Because by telling you what they were tying, that's going to help us with the future interpret, uh, realization of what the dream is going to be. But the Rebbe is pointing out, and this is Rashi's issue, is that that's not what the Pasuk says. All the Pasuk says is that they were tying something. It doesn't say what they were tying. So why is Rashi adding that? Meaning is that if in the dream it wasn't clear what it was that they were tying, then obviously that's not relevant uh, to the future. So Rashi telling us, oh, it was probably Amarim, that sounds very good, but L'Chair was not the dream. Meaning just reading the Pasuk, the Pasuk the telling you what the dream was, and the dream doesn't tell you that it was tying of sheaves. So Rashi's saying, oh, it was sheaves, because that fits according to what the prophecy and what the future actually held. But you can't put into the dream something that didn't actually happen in the dream. So maybe Rashi did Therefore, Rashi brings examples that the words alumim actually mean sheaves. Meaning it doesn't sometimes it could just mean tying into bundles. 
But at other places in, uh, in Tanakh, we'll find that alumus means specifically tying sheaves. Uh, sheaves. Therefore, when Rashi brings the proof from Tehillim, uh, that alumosav go on shvalim, he quotes also the word because that proves that we're referring to um, grain. Because you would not say carrying knots. There's no such thing. What does that mean, carrying knots? Um, so, and so therefore, it must mean that they were carrying bundles. And what were they carrying? They were carrying, obviously, bundles of grain. Because if you look at what the Pasik is referring to over there, it says they're going to... Uh, they go along weeping, carrying the, the bags of seeds, and he shall come back with with Rina with joy, carrying his alumaisav. So what exactly is he carrying? It's clear that he what he's going, he's carrying seeds, and when he's coming back, he's carrying Sharim must mean that he's carrying uh, sheaves. Because what, from, from the word noisa, which means he's carrying something, and also from the context of the Pasuk, which is referring to uh, carrying sieves to plant, and then they're coming back after they've harvested, carrying these alumaisav, it's obviously referring to uh, sheaves. It says Rashi is not satisfied, because you could give a day and say, you know what, maybe alumais doesn't necessarily refer to sheaves, maybe it just means uh, uh, bundles, stam bundles. I can't we figure out from the context of the Pasuk that obviously doesn't mean stam bundles because we're talking about harvesting. He says, He says, maybe we're talking about bags, tied bags that are filled with uh, seeds that you're bringing back after the threshing. He says, maybe it's referring to the seeds that, one, that we get after the threshing period and not specifically to the alumis that one is carrying um, of, of grain. So that's a possible interpretation. So the Rebbe said that's clearly a daichik, because we're talking about harvesting and then carrying back uh, the lumois of the, that, that which, was, which was harvested. It doesn't talk about anything about threshing over there. But Lachair, you could say, oh, the Pasik's not uh, talking about that. Talks about the, you know, the planting and eventually talks about the harvesting. But um, maybe. Maybe it's, it's talking about not specifically that which is brought back after the harvest. It's talking about that which is brought back after you've already did the, done the disha. Meaning is you already carried it somewhat back because the disha is not done exactly where you harvest it. So you've carried it back some way to the, the, the area where they did the threshing. And then after you did the threshing, you put it into bags. And then they're carrying it back, not from the actual field, but from the threshing area, you're going to bring it back to your home. So that's, you're going to want to say maybe that's what the Pasuk is referring to. Therefore, Rashi brings another proof from the Mishnah. That they, these bundles, they would take and announce. Since because of their weight, they had to remain in their place and they would not roll around, roll around from place to place. Therefore, the rule is that the Makim, the place itself, would be a simon. And therefore, the halach is you need to go and announce it and try to find the true owner. So He says, from this lashon, it's clear that lumis must be referring to bundles of grain. Because that is something heavy, which doesn't roll around. I maybe, as we said before, maybe refer to a bag, a tied bag of seeds. So look at our 23 star. He says, can't be referring to a bag of seeds because then there would be many different signs. Signs already. There would be the sign how it was tied, the, 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 the shape of the bag. So the Gemara is talking about a situation where the only proof or the only simon that this lost object has is where it was placed, the makim. So if it was referring to a bag of seeds, there would be many simanim. So therefore, it cannot be referring to a bag. So what's the only other option? The other option would be that it's referring to shabalam. And that would be a proof that also in the Pasuk in Tehillim, when it's talking about Olumaisav, it's the same meaning as it was in Tehillim, which means specifically not bags of seeds, but rather uh, sheaves. And that would, of course, also prove in our situation that we're referring to sheaves.
Why does he say Lashna Mishnah? Why is that so important? Because the Mishnah is Halachis Psukah, it's Bevadai. He says, in learning halacha, the Tana has to say a very clear language because in Tarsh these are halachis which are clear, much more clear than Tarsh because the whole purpose of the Tarsh is to explain what the Tarsh means in a very clear way so that we know what we need to do. Um, and he says, therefore, when we're using the word alumoisav, it must be a word that it's very clear what the word means, halacha And therefore, regularly speaking, a bundle of something which is heavy would be a aluma of shvalim. And look at R25. But Bufrat, Shahar Mamasha, Kasab, Parsha Senum, Almim Alum, Techasada, Muchach, Shidavish, Kashim Basada. But there Haragal, Kashim Shamshbalim. He says a further proof is in our Pasik, it says it was within the field. So what would be the thing of something that you're tying uh, and making a bundle of in a field? Of course, that's going to be Shvalim. So just like over there in the Gemara, that's what it's referring to something which is heavy, and, uh, and the only simon that it would have would be. Um, that it's makim. So similarly, also in our situation, it must be referring to sheaves. He says, Rashi's not satisfied just with the second proof, because you can argue and say, look, maybe the, the Lashen, the language of the Chachamim, uh, the word means something different than in the Torah. Therefore, he also needs the first proof of Neisa Lumaisav. And on the contrary, over there is the main proof. Therefore, he brings it as the first one, because, of course, we always want to prove from the Pesukim itself, that's what Alumaisav means. And Pashup Shad and Pasik, it's referring to bringing back the sheaves, not referring to bringing back a bag of, of seeds that he was able to get after he did the thrashing. Hey, so Miyene Shaltayush Pirish Rashi. He says, Mavur Batayar Arab Hashasenu, Sha'avaydim Almim Aluba Ruchnis He. He says the idea of Alma Malum is that uh, we know that there were sparks of Kedusha that fell uh, at the time of the Shvir Sakalim. And our purpose is to find these sparks and to elevate them. The Skalb of Malchus Atzilus to be elevated to Malchus of Atzilus. And through uh, this avodah, you're able to unify the sparks of kedusha to the uh, the sherish and the machos of atzilus. Machos atzilus is the idea of the shechina, Hashem's energy, which is uh, the source of the energy which is in this world. And through unifying it, and Hashem's shechina becomes totally one. So the sparks of kedusha, which is in the world, and Hashem are becoming one again. Uh, and this is the exact the, what Pasuk means that they were tying these bundles because just like you have these Amaram which are spread all over the place and each one it's on its own and each one it's its own Metzias and what you do is you take all of these things and you tie it up and make it into one bundle and to make it into one group similarly what our purpose of the world is to take all the different items in this world that look like they're separate and they have their own existence and they're not connected to Hashem and to ultimately to unify all of them and to reveal how they are all connected with Hashem and uh, one with Hashem and this idea of purifying the sparks and to elevate them into the unity of Hashem is also in the souls, as the Tanya, as the Mavur Batayar are. Meaning, is it's not just um, physical items that we have in this world has within it these sparks of Kedusha that need to be elevated, but the Neshamas themselves had a Shvir Sekalim, as explained in Tarar. It explains over there that by the Shvir Sekalim, the, the Neshamas fell, Molachim fell, and also a Kuychis Elikim, a divine energy fell. So part of our service is also, of course, to elevate these neshamas. And the Rebbe is going to explain as we go on, like why is Rebbe bringing this in? Because we're also going to be referring to the idea of uh, Balei Tshuva, as we will see. He says, the, where does this ma'alma malumen happen? It happens in the field. And you need a special type of his askus, 
uh, energy and work to go out into the field to the place where the shvalim are and to find all these things which are spread out and to work on connecting them all and tying them together. So he says, in addition, uh, this is a lesson of in our Avedis Abirum, that in addition for, uh, to the regular Aved of a person to gather all these sparks which are spread by you, meaning as your own, your own Neshama and your own body and your own Dalad Amas where you are, and to elevate these sparks and unifying them with Hashem, which is through Torah Mitzvahs. He says on an additional additional concept that there's another job for the person to go out into the field and to work over there in this avaida of to gather the sparks which are spread out to the world, meaning not just staying in your own daladamas. Um, but and just doing your Torah mitzvahs and hiding away from the world, but actually go out into the world to, to help other Yidin, which is a very important part, and of course also in your own job, in your own business, to uh, find the Shkach HaPratis, and to help other Yidin, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, and that's specifically not doing Torah mitzvahs per se, but just working your, uh, your, your daily life according to uh, Torah mitzvahs and uh, helping other Yidin out, etc. This is the Aveda that one has to do with others, to go out of his own Dalar Amis to, and, and to go to those who are found on the outside and to cause them to return in Tshuva and to bring them close to the Aveda Hashem and to Hashem's Torah and to this luminary which is within the Torah. What is the luminary, the source of light which is in Torah? This is the Pnei Misatara, the tree of life. This was the idea that the, the Rebbeim used to send Shluchim to different places, far distant places, in order to gather the sparks of Kedusha which are there and to reveal the, um, and to spread out the wellsprings of Chassidus. Therefore Rashi explains that what does Ma'almim Malumim mean? It means like the Targum says, tying bundles. So why is that important to this Avoidah? Meaning is we're talking about the Avoidah We're talking about the Avoidah of gathering all the sparks and unifying them and making them one with Hashem. So why is it relevant that the way how we're gathering these sparks is dafka by tying them up and not just combining the sparks and making them one with Hashem, but rather you're tying these sparks or you're tying these neshamas um, to Hashem. So malam deinu, the avidas, the avida bebira halais and etzutz is three chalias ba'ifin shema asrin asarin la halaisim shemukasharim lemakaren loy rak ba'ifin shel kricha kiyem mekashal shlokiyama. He's teaching us that in this avida abruim and to be milah the sparks of kedusha, it needs to be a way of tying. Meaning is that they're being milah them to their source, not in a way that you're just like combining it with its source, but rather you're tying it. Meaning is a kasher or not? The difference between combining something or tying something is that when you're just combining and you put it, putting all the wheat together, a little wind comes, everything disappears. All the hard work that you've done goes back to how it was before. It doesn't last. But when you tie the the, the wheat together, it stays as a bundle. It all stays as one. <laughs> Um, that the effect that you have on your friend needs to be in a way that you're t- uh, he becomes connected and tied to Hashem. Um, that with all the spirits of shtus that, uh, that, are, that are blowing in the world, do not have the capability to rip him out and to separate him from the derech and look at R39. The truth is, this is not just when you're working on someone else that you need to make sure that whatever your that whatever uh, pu'ula and his you have in this other individual will last. But even 
your, the, the work that you have with yourself needs to last. A person has this iris, a person davens. It can't just be a one-time thing, but it needs to be something that you yourself are changing and it's a real change and you're becoming really connected to Hashem permanently. And look, he's talking about the secrets of the tires. Is you need to tie the secrets of the Torah that they should never be removed. Meaning is, it's not enough just you learned the secrets of the Torah once and then you forgot it all. Rather, you need to learn this Raz Eitayr, Pnimis Eitayr, the Chassidus, in a way that it stays with you. Meaning is, this is um, with your, your energy, that you're connecting the sparks, needs to be that they last. It's a, it's a knot which lasts, and the sparks will not fall again. If you learn Torah, but you forget the Torah, and you don't connect to it, meaning, as I guess, Chazara is one aspect of it. Second of all, of course, is living what, what you're learning is another aspect that it literally becomes one with your life, then it stays. But if you just learn it, but you don't actually live with it, and of course, if you don't Chazara it, then it just disappears. So back in the Pnim, Rashi says, what's the advice? You have to tie these things and make them into sheaves. Um, says, the way how to make this a because it needs to be a knot of, of grain, specifically. Why is grain important? Because grain, if you would plant the grain, you'd be able to make fruits. And those fruits could also have fruits. Meaning is that you have to affect your friend in such a way that he himself becomes wet. Meaning is there's becoming wet, like when your hands are wet, it could sometimes could just be a bit moist but it doesn't actually have the capability of making something else wet. But then it could be that your hands are so wet that when it touches something else, that thing becomes wet, and that itself is wet enough to cause something else to become wet. Uh, and the idea in Avedis Hashem is that you're affecting someone else, not just enough that this person uh, we, we will start doing terror mitzvahs, but he will become so invigorated and, and with so much energy that he makes other people also excited about um, Yiddishkeit. The Pasuk finishes off, then all of the sheaves surrounded my sheaf, and then they bow down to my sheaf. He says, on the pool of someone else, and of course also on the pool on, 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 on yourself, is that when you're able to affect um, that these, all these sheaves come to the sheave of Yosef, who is the tzaddik of the generation, and bows down to him. Idea being is, that has however much avoided that you could have on your own to affect someone else, um, that's not enough. Uh, whatever you're able to affect for yourself, or you're able to affect on another person, that's that's obviously limited and you might do a fantastic job but that'll be uh, at the most limited and in our way to Hashem we need, we need to be bleak we need to constantly be going higher and higher so the ultimate uh, point would be to eventually bring it to the Nasi Hadar and then he is able to bring you to a much higher bitl than you would have reached on your own just like the brothers eventually came to Yosef and he was able to Bring them to a much higher level, Baruchnius. So, Duber come upon him, Shayem Hashabbos, Shaykh Lemeha Shubash Lafanov, Shamishatarp Erev Shabbos, Yichba Shabbos. So, we know that the days of the day of Shabbos is Shaykh to the prior week, because it says those who work on Erev Shabbos eat on Shabbos. So, we see that that which happens on Shabbos is really connected to the work that one did before Shabbos. And we know Shabbos is also connected to the following week, because from Shabbos it blesses the days of the next week. So, therefore, Shabbos is really the day that connects the prior week to the future week. He says, many years, Parshas Vayeshev, um, the Shabbos of Parshas Vayeshev is between Yutas Kislev and Hanukkah. Like the Kvias of that year, 
uh, when the, the sicha was printed. And it's known that the parshas of Shua are connected to the time that you're reading it. Uh, so we know since it's connected always to the time period, so of course parshas Vayeshev is going to be connected both to Yutas Kislev and to Hanukkah. Now the so therefore, this like concept that we're learning about in this parsha, that the idea of ma'almulumin is to gather all the sparks, um, which are found outside of yourself, and especially to work on those who are literally on the outside, who meaning us aren't even doing Torah mitzvahs, to, to machzer them b'tshuva, this is a nekuda b'tshuva, this idea of making bali tshuva is something which is a common idea uh, in Yutas Kislev and Hanukkah, v'habir. One of the main uh, inyanim that the altar ever worked on was making bali tshuva. As the, as the Friedrich Kerber says uh, in, in Lakut de Burim, which is quoted in R4748, that the altar ever made thousands of chasidim and he made thousands uh, of bali tshuva. So it's kudu mashomer levnoi admorhem soy bekashol achalaymai. That it's known what he told his son, the, the Mittler Rebbe, regarding a dream that the Mittler Rebbe had. So again, that's also discussed at much length in the Kutid Burm, and really you should look it up there to get all the details. But in short, uh, the Mittler Rebbe had a dream which disturbed him. And he came to the Alter Rebbe, and he told the Alter Rebbe the dream was that he was standing, and he saw this uh, strong river uh, flowing, and there's no waves. And uh, the river went and it filled up, uh, would fill up all the different holes in the ground, and even as it filled up other holes, water was constantly was constantly flowing, never never um, running out. And in front of the river, there were two people. One of them was tall and with a leg, which was, had some issues with it. And the other was shorter. And then in a distance, he saw two people, but he couldn't make out who they were. And the short individual told, tells the tall individual to go. Uh, there was a board from one side of the river to the other. He tells him to go on that board to cross the river. So he goes on to the river. And as he goes on the board, the board starts sinking into the water. And then as the board rises, the water rises with it. And, you know, either way, as it goes up, the board goes up. The water goes up with it. As the board goes down, um, he would start sinking. Anyway, so after a while, he tells him th- that individual, just the, the short individual, tells the tall person to get off the... Um, um, the board, and then they, and the Alter Rebbe, oh, and, and, I, and I should have mentioned also that during that time, the Alter Rebbe, he, the Mittler Rebbe, who's watching, sees the Alter Rebbe join these two individuals, and the three of them walk together in an embrace to another river, and this river is Mamash Guvaldik. There's waves, it's crashing, the water is many colors. Uh, in the first one, it was a clear, wa- uh, clear water. Here, it's crashing. Every- it was, it was a very good thing. And there's also a board, and and this short individual tells the Alter Rebbe to walk on the board, and he walks on the board, and he's able to cross to the other side. And then the uh, and then the t- the short individual tells him the Alter Rebbe to come back, and he comes back. Um, and the, so the Alter Rebbe explains to the Mittler Rebbe, the short individual was the Balshemtiv, the tall individual was the Magid, as it's known, the Magid had an issue with his foot. And the Magid, the, the idea of the dream was that the Magid's Taira, um, even though it's clear and it has this perfection, it's unable to help all of his um, Talmidim, to, not to get wet at all. Uh, the the, the Sikha doesn't explain exactly what that means, so um, just to give something, just because we're talking about it, possibly what it's referring to, as it's known that one of the milas of the Alter Rebbe's Torah over the Magid is that the Alter Rebbe, the, the Magid was focusing more on the idea of Muna. So the, the, the person Seichel was still a contradiction to the Amuna that he was able to feel. Masha'inking, the Alter Rebbe, since it was the Seichel, also understood the ideas that needed to be believed, therefore there was a complete unity. So I think maybe it's referring to that type of idea is that there wasn't that, uh, you still got wet in a sense of the Tirdus of the Olam in the sense that it wasn't, completely uh, taking over the person, possibly. Anyways, that's not so relevant over here. And then he says, what's this large river? He says, the, the large river is the Alter Rebbe because he had this, this powerful Balchuva movement that he made, um, and therefore it's like this powerful waves 
uh, and uh, because of the koyach that he made these bal tshuva, he was able to cross this river um, because of that energy that he was able to get. So that was the dream. And uh, much details over there. Look there for all the details and explanations that the Friedrich ever gave on it. But the, what he said over there, which is relevant for us, that the Alter Rebbe tells the Mittler Rebbe that the reason why he was so involved in making Bali Tshuva, he says when he heard a mashal from the, from the Magda of the Mizrich about Tzadikim Bali Tshuva, it came engraved within him to Makarv every Yid. In short, the mashal was about a, a, a Melach that had a two sons. One of them was like a tzaddik, the other was a Russia that he gets to send away, and he wanted to punish the Russia. But eventually, this child came back in Detruva, and the king had so much pleasure from this son that returned, even more than the original son. And the Malk was telling him, this is the idea of a tzaddik about Tshuva, that Hashem has such geschmack that his son returns to him. So he says, he, once he heard this mashal, he was very involved in making malchuva. Before he became the Rebbe, he spent five years traveling from place to place, sometimes in a revealed way, people knew who he was, other times it was in secret, to makarv other after the Geul of Yitzhak Kislev began the Vayda of Yofutsu Maynasach HaChutza, meaning is to be pale on the Chutza in a way of Yofutsu, meaning it was a Tzrachvus, an Espashus, a great broadening, uh, not in a small, tiny way to help others, but on the contrary, we're taking the Miyanus Matsidis and we're spreading that outwards in the most uh, strongest possible way. Therefore, this lesson that we learn in this parsha about in the chutzah that you need to uh, tie and find all the sparks of kedusha, especially other yidin, and bring them close to Hashem. This is even more so after Yitzchak Kisiv. So we see that the Yitzchak Kisiv is very much connected to this parsha, and even more than that, Yitzchak Kisiv is taking this idea of the parsha and imbuing it with the energy of Chassidus and making it even more pertinent and making it even more uh, relevant. So explain the Hasidus why the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is to leave it on the doorway, on the outside of the door, meaning it's on the outside of your home. He says the idea of the candles is to light bring light and purify that which is outside, the darkness of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Gimoklip Satmeis, which is also called the mountains of separation. The idea being that uh, a mountain, in a sense, has like a, looks like a big haughty existence, something big and haughty. Similarly, that's the idea of the Gimoklip Satmeis. They have this uh, haughtiness and separateness and this yashus, as if there's something separate from Hashem. And our purpose is the ultimate purpose of the Neres Hanukkah is to purify these sparks of the Gimel Klipas Atmeas and to return them to Tshuva. So that is, of course, the same idea of what we're talking about is lighting up the chutz, meaning is dafka in the field to bring the light and to bring the bureau of those sparks. Which is gathering the sparks of those who are found outside through makar of them to the Father in heaven. Uh, so as we know, that as soon as the Yidin do tshuva miyad, right away they will be redeemed with the gula mitzvah shlema, which will be bukarev mamish.